0: This episode is brought to you by Red Bear. Hey, pizza lovers, have you heard? You don't have to order in to get fantastic pizza anymore. Now, make it yourself with Red Baron's new fully loaded hand toss style pizza. With a half pound of premium toppings and a soft, chewy restaurant-style crust, you'll be blown away. Pick from three flavors in the frozen food aisle. Ultimate pepperoni, barbecue recipe chicken, and meat lovers. Indulge yourself. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Go! My Favorite Sports Team. I'm Tyler, your master of balls and holes, your sports know-how person, joined with my co-host, Mark. You seem nervous. I am. You seem way more nervous than you usually
1: would be in these episodes. Why?
0: Uh, You know, we have a very special guest who is the greatest water polo player to ever come out of the United States. And as a water polo former player and coach... I'm a Little anxious, you know, that's funny because
1: in so many of these other episodes, how has been saying, I'm the greatest water no, polo no. player <laughs> to ever come out of the United States, and I he kept saying that. and I was like, Man, I believe you, I believe you. No, and then you
0: come along, the
1: greatest water <laughs> polo player, and I'm like, I think he might have been
0: lying. No, no, listen, I'm not in the USA water polo hall of fame, our guest Tony Azevedo is. He's a five-time Olympian, including a silver medal in 2008. Damn. He's five-time Pan American gold medalist. He's won the the Heisman for water polo four years in a row, all through college at Stanford. I mean, just overall, the greatest water polo the United States has ever seen. <laughs> Thank you, guys. <laughs> he also has his own podcast. Oh, the cool. Tony Acevedo podcast uh, with his co-host, who's a comedian, Dave Williamson.
2: Wow. That's right. Shout out to Dave. We had coffee the other day and uh, we got to get that thing started. It's been it's hard to get both of us, especially with him doing so many of his comedy skits and me and water polo together, but we're going to do it.
0: It sounds somewhat familiar.
1: Uh, I could introduce you to a bunch of technology that you can do where you can do recordings online. It's easy to do now. Just with your phone, you can do a podcast episode, no problem. Really? Yeah, oh well, yeah. yeah. All right, yeah. Well, we got to start doing it. I'll get you hooked up. Yeah. <laughs> In this day and age with all this technology, there's barely any excuse to uh, not do a podcast unless you're like unbelievably busy.
0: What? (laughs) <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that? I
1: don't know. But anyway, welcome to the show. Um, I am very impressed by all those accolades. I do know the Olympics. I'm not that ignorant. But one world that I don't know very much is water polo. He's talked endlessly about it because he won state and he was very proud of that. And he was like, it was really impressive. I'm not trying to belittle it in any way. But the Olympics, <laughs> that seems so much more impressive.
0: Okay, in all fairness, it was the first state championship that Milford High School had seen since like 1960 by their golf team so it oh. was a big deal that is a big deal mm-hmm. I yeah i mean and that's where's milford milford is in cincinnati ohio in cincinnati yeah
1: mm-hmm. it's a small town on the outskirts of like the northeast part of it and actually
0: didn't the uh the girls water polo team they also went to state they went to state they did not win unfortunately oh,
1: mm-hmm. yeah.
2: yeah that's one of my favorite spots to visit out there a because the water polo I was, we were talking about the squirrels right mm-hmm. my master's team but also just the talent, the level of talent out in out in Ohio in general in that area, and then when the clinic ends, I can just walk right over to Kentucky and get some whiskey. So it's really a nice, <laughs> a nice, perfect spot for me.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, that's great. That's great. Yeah. Oh, see, I didn't even know you were part of the Squirrels until today. <laughs> <laughs> and I've played with them multiple times um, back when I had just gotten out of high school and I was playing club polo in college. Okay. But I coached for moose water polo with my former coach, Paul Split, who you know. Yeah. And then you also know the 6'9 monster, Dan Matulis, who I played with in high school. He was a freshman when I was a senior. And
2: so when he first made the national team we're training in Serbia and you know he's doing this great job uh, or great job of just turning and and almost rustling in the water and then you just told me that you were his coach because you were a rustler and maybe those are the moves that Dan learned
0: yeah, yeah. I played with him in spring polo. And one of the big things is I knew I was on my way out. And believe it or not, I played goalie up until that point. I was our goalie until uh, junior year. I finished out, was All-State Honorable Mention. And then senior year, they moved me to field because I had a cannon for an arm from playing baseball. And then my wrestling experience. So we actually had kind of two goalies in front of the goal senior year when we won state. Okay. Um, and so when we did spring polo, I played field. And so I went against Dan a lot. Cause that's when we decided, okay, he's not going to be a goalie, even though he has the size for it and would be great. Um, he just doesn't have that reaction time or mannerisms that you need to be in the goal. And that's when we were working on him being a whole set. And so as I, after we won state, I went against uh, an all American who we shut down. I think he had two goals in the entire state championship game. And so when I was, Playing with Dan, every time I would stop him from doing something, I'd tell him what I did and how to counter what I did to beat it. Wow! And then I'd again counter his counter, <laughs> so it was a constant chess match of and it, to a way it was mind games, but at the same time I was trying to teach him so that he the changing of the guard could happen and he could dominate.
2: Well, so it's so interesting in in water polo, right? The only way we're taught to recruit athletes is swimming. Yeah, right. Because a swimmer basically goes. I'm sick and tired of looking at this black line all day. Those guys seem to be having way more fun throwing a ball at that goalie or in a goal. <laughs> I want to do that. And so traditionally, really, most Olympians, athletes came from swimming. Yep. See, I came from baseball. Right. I. I didn't swim at a young age. I was baseball, but I was lucky enough to have an Olympic father in water polo. So, of course, I was going to do that. But wrestling would be an interesting one route for us to start recruiting. Because mm-hmm. I am recruiting, yeah. I go to I go to my kid's school and I'm like, "Hmm, you ever heard of water polo?" <laughs>
1: <laughs> on, yeah. see. My problem with that is, besides all the, I don't have a cannon for the arm. <laughs> I have no idea. I did marching band in high school, but I also did like some sports. Um, but the thing is, with wrestlers, I imagine they might be like me and they might have really dense bones. Because I go in the pool and I sink. I just sink like a rock. There's no floating that occurs. I've been in an ocean and like saltwater pools, stuff like that. I still sink like a rock. And so he keeps telling me that it's okay. You'll learn to swim. That's because
0: I sink too.
1: That's what you say. You sink, (laughs) but it doesn't mean you sink. I do.
0: I just know how to tread.
1: I don't know any of this because it's just like, it's the pool is somehow repulsive to me. I don't like the ocean. I don't like larger bodies of water. Even in a (laughs) swimming pool in school, I always thought like as soon as I would get in, like a shark would magically materialize in the water. (laughs) and i have this deep unsettling fear of water in general so i think that might be more of an inhibition for people coming from say like other sports in there and going to water polo but i have a follow-up question i always have long random rambling (laughs) things (laughs) that lead to a question that is actually pertinent okay when it comes down to recruiting i feel like the visibility of water polo is not there because i advocate for people that don't watch sports and don't necessarily know it so not only um it, I imagine it's a challenge recruiting for it. How do you think that you can get more people just interested in the sport in general? Like when people are watching it, I saw it on the Olympics, uh, this past Olympics in Tokyo, um, and I watched the matches and I was like, this is very interesting and engaging. But when it comes on a high school level, like I never went to a single game of his um, and I liked this guy. I swear I did. I, I was friends <laughs> with him. Um, how do people get more involved in just watching this sport? I think it's
2: the top and bottom. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if you have... Focus on the bottom, meaning teaching the game, talking to kids, creating more awareness of water safety, things like that, but using water polo instead of swimming because water polo is actually a better way because you're learning how to be vertical, horizontal, vertical, horizontal, throwing in the water than swimming where surfers a lot of times are ones that can do both vertical and horizontal, right? So if we're doing a better job of talking water polo at a younger age, better coaches, growing water polo in places like Ohio – then I think that's going to get people understanding, hey, there's a sport called water polo. Mm. Then the next thing that comes in is the top, right? Things that we're doing, that you guys were doing right now, inviting me on this show, we're exposing this wonderful sport that hopefully people are going to look into more and be like, this is great. I think ultimately the biggest problem in our sport is we don't have that professional league, right? We don't have it on tv all the time yet they have cornhole on tv
0: which drives me crazy let's not get into and cornhole, poker and all <laughs> yeah, those other that's stuff. right yeah
2: but you know we were talking about it there's no private like stadium for water polo mm-hmm. so without a private stadium for water polo in the country where can you create an event right you go to a hockey game i don't know hockey i like it mm-hmm. but i don't know it but it's fun. (laughs) Like there's music, there's food, there's drinks. Like I love it, right? There's gear. You go to a water polo game, there's, they don't sell water. You got to sneak in your own water, right? You go to water (laughs) fountains. they shut down post COVID. There's not even water anymore. So it's like, why, you know, what's so great about this, right? So I think honestly, if we invested in having, uh, you know, that private stadium that we could create a professional league here, even swimming doesn't have a professional league here. They go to Europe, Yep. Because they can create their events. Mm-hmm. So I think there's that double-edged sword there.
0: And I, I fully agree with you because um, that's what we did with Moose Water Polo when Paul Split founded it with Nick uh, Hellwig. I got brought on to coach because of my goalie experience and then field playing experience. And the key thing we were focusing on is getting younger people in, younger people that already started swimming and were part of these different programs and getting them interested in this sport so that they learn the fundamentals earlier. And then it gets exposed to the parents, it gets exposed to them. And you see, especially the fitness level that swimming does, add water polo to it and how much endurance it requires and skill. It works on eye-hand coordination. Like the amount of motor skills that water polo gives over swimming just becomes more useful later in life. And like you said, makes for stronger swimmers in general. In fact, um, there was a study done when I was like a senior senior year in high school, where they showed that swimmers who play water polo actually perform better also in swimming, in competitive swimming. And it's it's slightly different because in water polo, you have to swim with your head up in order to dribble the ball. You have to tr- be able to switch from those two positions, the muscles that you use to be able to tread with the egg beater. And then it works really well with especially breaststroke. It's just creates a better dynamic and a greater fitness level. And I think if we can introduce it younger, then that exposure will come. I had never thought about trying to do like an official arena and professional league. And there's that I don't remember where it is, but there's an oceanside like carved into the rock pool where the waves come in. And I Bondi I've seen, and Sydney, Yeah, I played oh. in
2: that pool. And, and, but that's an iconic pool, right? And that they had They would bring us all-stars out to play against the Australian national team. Mm -hmm. And immediately after, we'd join the celebrities up there that are watching the game. I mean, it was so cool. And yes, that can grow into a professional league. Australia has a professional league. Europe does, right? Uh, Europe, I played. Yeah, you played in Italy? In Italy for five, Montenegro, Croatia, and Brazil. Brazil has a professional league. We don't because we can't do... We're, we're All the pools are dependent on it's a high school
0: pool. And then it has the shallow end. It's and-
2: a community pool. You can only get it for this hours. It's a college pool. It's only for them. You know, it's like, or it's going to cost you $50,000 to rent the pool and maybe have someone else come and serve food. Right. So it really limits our ability to, to again, create those events that other high-end sports we want to emulate. But we're never going to get there without the event, right? Yeah. Without the stadium, which takes... To the next level is like, maybe if that's not going to happen, is beach polo the future of water polo?
1: Mm-hmm. What is beach polo?
2: So beach polo is created and, you know, it's been around forever. And why places like Croatia are so popular is because in the summertime, I go every year. My son was born there in Dubrovnik. You walk out, oh, and they're playing water polo in the in the sea there, yeah. right? So they created a faster four-on-four type version where you basically play three, five-minute quarters, whoever wins, and then the last one, you know, go into a shootout. It's quicker. It's less athletes. But the best thing about it is you're just playing in the sea and you can have games anywhere in the world, Mm -hmm. right? And if it just happened, actually, perfect timing. It happened about this last weekend. So three days ago or four days ago, they had the World Beach qualifiers or the World Beach water polo games. The final was Montenegro, always a superpower in water polo. Yeah. All of Eastern Europe was, is and Egypt. Egypt, which you haven't heard of in the water polo scene for 30, 40 years. So because they're, they're playing in the sea and because it's smaller, now we can grow the sport around the country to different countries, different continents because the easiness to get in and play is, is so much easier than going to a pool and finding time.
1: What I always find fascinating is I'm nodding my head, being like, oh yeah, Egypt. I didn't know Egypt didn't have a league. I didn't know Montenegro was always dominant. This is like such a fascinating thing because the more I learn about sports from this guy here, the more I'm, it's so crazy that what seems niche to someone, an outside observer has like this robust culture, this diverse group of people from all over the world that play it. And these issues that I've never heard of, because I was just asking you about a, like handball or something like that. How does handball get started? How does competitive juggling get started? Where do people go? And that's what I always ask, like, where do people go? And it's so strange to me that for a sport that I know is established, because I hear from him all the time, water polo doesn't have an official stadium. I, I'm sure that like there are pools and. Things where people go, um, but it doesn't get a- supported except I imagine when the Olympics are coming up and the U.S. is like, oh yeah, we got to get our good people back in here. Like I'm sure they do. They reach out and they're like, oh come back here, we'll get you like some some money and some training uh, to go into the Olympics. <laughs> or is it is it just kind of like a call and they're like, hey, can you go to the Olympics this year? And then you say yes or no. I have no idea how this it works.
2: Is, no. So so to make the team. It's a it's a process, right? College is a huge thing, obviously. And I think that's a big draw for athletes in water polo because we have, you know, Division One. We have Harvard, Princeton, uh, Stanford, UCLA, USC. I mean, great schools all around Brown University that all play water polo and they're all Division One.
0: But the majority of them are West Coast majority are west coast and yeah.
2: all the ucs right and then you have division two II, division three. i mean you're looking at 70 schools more than 70 schools 80 schools that are playing that have d1 so that's a big draw and usually what happens in, within high school and college these national team coaches are scouting and then inviting these athletes to kind of like a invite invitational and then through that they get chosen uh, to be on the national team, then chosen to be on the Olympic team. So for me, I was a, you know, a sophomore in high school. I was recognized as one of the best. I was invited to the national team. They did a swim set, which was one of the fam- famous swim sets there was 10 400s, which is miserable for anyone.
1: 400 meters? 400
2: meters. 400 meters. I didn't finish it. I was told to get out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I went home. Next year, I got faster. I was invited again. And this time I was ready for it. They didn't do it, but I did well and ended up making the national team and slowly having my checklist of people to beat until I became, you know, the one of the youngest players to, to play at 18.
1: Oh, that's crazy. At 18, you went to the the Olympics?
2: Yeah, so I graduated December of my senior year high school, I was taking zero period before. And then I left in January on training with the national team and then made my first Olympics before I went to Stanford. Oh,
1: that's, that's insane. Yeah. The amount of steps that it took just to get to the point where you were on the national team was astonishing and i think it's kind of is it kind of shitty that you like they made them do 400 meters 10 times and then the next time they don't do it and then they don't right?
2: and then just, fair. And how are you going to tell a good water polo player by the 10 400s? which
0: which also <laughs> on top of that i came like we talked about i didn't come from swimming i didn't know how to do a flip turn when i played water polo in high school <laughs> i didn't swim competitively until college and so i hopped what? in the pool what's a flip turn Oh, gosh. So it's when you're swimming and you're going towards the wall. Uh-huh. And in order to do the, tur- the turn, there's a turn in freestyle, which is the one where you're doing the forward crawl generally because it's the fastest stroke. You flip under the water so that your feet go against the wall so then you can just push off the wall. And it's a faster oh, turn. Oh,
1: okay.
2: So I it's a flip it's and what turn. what they do when I swim. As it,
0: opposed to know. a touch turn that you see in like breaststroke or um, butterfly.
2: Yeah, so my favorite swim practice. So I joined a swim swim team for two years because I was not fast enough. right? Mm -hmm. And I remember we had these practices where it was like, okay, it's flip, turn and dive day. I'm like, what? And all we did all day was dive in, kick, 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 get out. Then we just flip turn, kick, kick, kick. It was like, But it's so important in swimming because that great dive or that great flip turn compared to a touch and go or a jump in the water and swim is a massive difference in a gold medal, a bronze, or not even qualifying, right? But my God, I love those days. It was like no swimming at all. You just focused on the technique of jumping in the
1: water gracefully, spinning, perfect flip turn, kick, kick, kick. I mean, it sounds, to me, it sounds terrible because I, again, abhor swimming on such like a fundamental core level just because I just, it's so exhausting. Yes. I have a pool and I still don't swim. (laughs) Not because I'm afraid, but because I'm afraid of how poorly I will perform. But it, it's so fascinating that that kind of level of technique, do you do a lot of t- – you? correct me if I'm wrong, but in water polo, do you dive in a lot? No, but this is when I was in high school trying to be a, be a
2: swimmer. I had to be oh, faster. Yeah. I had to do, do confu- that. Right. Sorry. Now, now in water polo when they're training, yeah, they, they do swim sets and things like that, but the technique becomes something much different, right? Even the kids I teach at – I have an academy – um, our eight Academy in Fountain Valley, and everything is slow, monotonous, and it's not hard for these kids. It's just, they got to get this repetition because otherwise they'll sink in the water, right? right. So going back to you, like I, I full-heartedly believe, and I've seen it, that Right, I, I'm going to take you and for two weeks you're not getting out of the water. You're going to get out to go eat and go to <laughs> bed and then you're going to go back in. Oh. But you're not going to do anything uh, except be in the water. Mm-hmm. You're going to feel so much more comfortable in the water after those two weeks because the longer you're in, your body figures it out, right? You, We sit, I mean, it's not like our bodies are adjusting. No, in the water you're constantly adjusting. So you're moving your hand and going, oh, oh that makes a splash. Oh, that splash pulls me this way. Oh, all of a sudden I don't mind water in my face, and it's crazy how when these kids come to us, they're missing these little fundamentals, and all of a sudden you fix it, they can they can egg bead with their hands out holding a ten pound ball for three minutes. I mean,
1: it's phenomenal. That's easy. I've never had that opportunity. Like as a kid, I I was never taught. I was never taken to the community pool or anything like that. My my parents never like gave me swimming lessons. I uh, I just never had the shot and i think like that's probably the dividing thing between people that get into water sports specifically and um more running and like football and baseball stuff like that. Is like they don't have the early introduction it's like that first dip throw the throw the baby in the deep end of the pool kind of mindset
0: that's literally what my mom did with me and my brother basically as soon as we were old enough we were in a pool we had a pool like one of those pop up pools in the backyard, mm-hmm. um, so that we became comfortable in the pool and then we had swim lessons and everything because it was one of those things that was important to my mom They're like you 're going to be comfortable in the water, and believe it or not, I had a lot of the fears of going in the deep end similar to you that a shark would materialize and come and eat me oh, yeah, or there's happen. monsters in the deep, and now i 'm comfortable. And like it's from water polo, it's from being in the pool, it's from just being around it for a long time. I still have the issue occasionally with the ocean, but I get over it. I'm never gonna get over the ocean.
2: I'm still afraid of sharks, dude. Yeah, I'm afraid of jellyfish exactly. more than sharks. Hundred percent afraid of sharks, jellyfish.
0: Yeah, I got stung by a man of war when I was in Hawaii. Ooh, that's worse for me because I'm like, ah, if a shark eats me, a shark eats me, whatever. I'll probably die. But a jellyfish hurts. <laughs> I
1: I have this literal paralyzing fear of the ocean. I I did a video a while back where I was out we were doing deep sea fishing and then we when we came in uh we got close to shore and enough that we could see the shore like not too much farther than the beach swimmers were anyway and we did a video where we had life jackets on and we were getting in and my buddy ethan he goes out there and he swims out and he's like come rescue me i'm drowning oh. <laughs> and i i couldn't do it Like I couldn't do it. And eventually I finally, for the video, I jumped in, but as soon as I got in and I rushed out to him and I tried to pull him back and I just kicked, I I abandoned him, I kicked him away and then I had to get back to the boat. So it was like, I might be able to swim someday, but ocean I'm never going to be comfortable with.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's something to be, and it's really unfortunate because I know it, but it's just, it can't get out of my head. I mean, I'll go in the ocean and even, in croatia or italy i'm out there with these trips that we do and we're playing in the middle of the sea are there sharks there no there's no sharks there (laughs) but i my mind won't stop doing the jaws like you know like against the water playing water pole i'm not doing that right but all of a sudden it's just so beautiful i'm out in the middle and now i can't see anything and doo it's crazy that
1: uh-huh. movie destroyed me so does beach uh water polo not appeal to you because it's in the ocean
2: no it totally does um it because it's it's near the shore uh, yeah. and then uh you know now in australia beach polo is is in the sh- near the shore but they have shark nets because there's great white sharks yeah. and things there mm-hmm. um so probably that doesn't appeal to me but everywhere else in the world does
0: it's always fascinating to Good. me, because um, all three of us obviously have a fear of a shark attack, but it's more likely for you to be struck by lightning than to be attacked by a shark. Well,
1: statistically.
0: Look, my my <laughs>
1: statistic ability to be bit by
0: a shark is zero when I'm not in the ocean. Well, you when fair? I'm in the ocean, it goes up a lot. I mean, so does being struck by lightning, but. In the ocean? Yeah. Really? Yes. Lightning strikes the ocean far more than it strikes land. All right, so land. then this, re- this reinforces <laughs> my
3: point. I'm equal oh, wait, chance of lightning in and or out.
1: In I'm still not going to go in.
3: <laughs> anyway. This episode is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Right now is a busy time for college basketball, especially with the tournament coming up. And whoever makes it to the top, one thing is start takes the most talented people working together to help these teams play at this level. It's the same for your business. You want the most talented people you can find to help make your business thrive. To find those people, you need to use ZipRecruiter. Try it free at ziprecruiter.com go. ZipRecruiter uses powerful matching technology to help you quickly score excellent candidates. Immediately after you post your job, they'll start sending you people with the right skills and experience. And once you review the list, you can send your top choices and invite to apply. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash go. Again, that's Z-I-P-R-E-C-R-U-I-T-E-R dot com slash G-O. ZipRecruiter. The smartest way to hire. This episode is brought to you by Redbear. Hey, pizza lovers,
0: have you heard? You don't have to order in to get fantastic pizza anymore. Now, make it yourself with Red Baron's new fully loaded hand toss style pizza. With a half pound of premium toppings and a soft, chewy restaurant-style crust, you'll be blown away. Pick from three flavors in the frozen food aisle. Ultimate pepperoni, barbecue recipe chicken, and meat lovers. Indulge yourself. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. So, um, <laughs> actually we were able to get some audience questions from some of our listeners and one of them asks, playing water polo, have you ever thought about like playing handball? Cause they're very similar. Handball is very much just on land versus water polo being in the pool. Like the rules are a little bit different cause there's a ring that you have to be able to step behind before you shoot, but the way they move the ball, they kind of dribble it, but it's on the ground as opposed to swimming in front of your face, but they still have to catch and throw with one hand. So, yes,
2: and that's a great question because when you brought up handball, Hungary recruits from handball, one of the greatest Hungarian water polo players, Peter Birosh, hurt his leg and then recuperated in the water and became, oh, a three-time Olympic gold, gold medalist in water polo because he had all the the arms, you, you know, the the understanding, the catching one arm, the the fake. There's one shot that they do in handball if you see a penalty, they sit there. They sit there, and they look like they're throwing it as hard as they can, but they don't. They let their wrist go, and the ball just goes just kind of Goes over. We call it the suvelist in Croatia, oh. and that's something that all the Eastern European that have handball, water polo players do. And when I was over there, I learned, and I was so proud to be able to do it. But we had a running joke. Myself, the head coach, UCLA, Adam Wright, Meryl Moses, Ryan Bailey, a lot of us that win if L.A. was going to win in 2016 the bid, because we went for 2016, that we were going to come back as the Olympic handball team oh. because there was no handball here. Yeah. And we, we're we a team. We throw the ball well. We understand how it works. So, yeah. But uh, I would love to play handball, but now I think they've done a good job. Beach handball is actually growing. We're We won the world championships, I think, like seven, eight years ago. Mm -hmm. So watch out, handball. Oh, wow. U.S. is coming. It's so
1: crazy because handball is another thing that I I discovered at – the Tokyo Olympics by watching it. I was like, I've never heard of this sport before. Period. And I'm like, here it is at the Olympics. And so it's it's just so fascinating to see these things grow. Speaking of the Olympics this is my big circular logic coming back to it. <laughs> he Tyler here always tells me stories about when he was playing. He says he oh, God, he yeah. he definitely made me not want to play it because of these reasons. He <laughs> said that when you're playing water polo, it gets so violent under the water and so many people would just grab him by the
0: scroat. <laughs> I didn't say oh, so gosh. many people <laughs> I told you of one story in particular where, people, <laughs> where somebody grabbed my teammate. This was when I first joined water polo. It was sophomore year of high school. And my friend Riley Kurtz, we were playing a team that was notably played dirty, who we ended up beating in the state championship uh, my senior year, which is why we called it the vengeance tour. Where we were beating all the teams that beat up on us. Mm. But this guy had literally grabbed his, his testicles and squeezed. And my friend put him in a headlock and started like slamming him into the water. Wow.
1: So my
0: question is:
1: <laughs> Do people play dirty at the Olympic level? Because I don't know. Were there cameras underwater when at the Olympics? There are. Yes. Yeah.
2: You're always going to have in every sport the dirty player. Oh yeah. Right. I mean, you look in basketball. Like, what well, was the guy who was talking to LeBron and saying? Draymond you know, Green. Or Draymond. Right, right, right. <laughs> oh,
0: was someone else. But there was the
2: other guy before that, Dylan Brooks, uh, I think. Uh, Brooks, oh, right? Was it Brooks or was it from Memphis? I think that said like I poke bears or something. Yeah, that might be it. Yeah. What I mean, look, you're always gonna have those guys. Now, in water polo, yes, you're a little more exposed because all all they see is what's what's above water. But as you get more comfortable and at a higher level, it, it really becomes almost impossible to grab, right? So like I played my entire career. I got grabbed twice and they were when I was younger by a dirty team at the Olympics and I was picked on because I was the smallest guy in the world for five Olympics or for four of the five. Never never got anything grabbed down there because my hips were never down. Meaning yeah. if my hips aren't down, da- if my hips are down, it's like you and I standing face to face. Well, you can grab me. But if I'm like this and my hips are behind me, you can't grab me. The only thing you can do is grab my head, which would mean you're kicked out of the game. Yep. Oh, really? Because oh, it's above instant. the water. If anything out of the water. You grab someone's head, you're out of the
1: game, right?
0: Wow, it's, I didn't know. It's that. the exclusion fouls or the the kickouts, as we'd call it. He was sorry about thrill. I
1: wasn't listening. He he did a whole primer on water polo for me, and he explained it all. And I I listened half the time. It's, it's, I swear. Like,
0: you were also really tired that day, in all fairness. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, but also it was, the way he was describing it was really boring. No, I'm just good.
1: Okay, so uh, I'm sorry to make it like so many questions about the Olympics, but I'm always so curious about the Olympics. I've never been myself. Which one? of the ones you went to was your favorite
2: so for sure my favorite of the five was uh was you know beijing because yeah. we won the silver medal we we go into that olympics rated sixteenth, no 13th in the world
1: 13th so out of how many
2: out of 16 teams well at the world champions like 16 but at the olympics there's only 12 Oh really? So technically,
1: we (laughs) weren't even on the board. That seems like an insult.
0: Because we qualified from the Americas, we were able to qualify. Ah, yeah. Who who missed those Olympics? Was it? I know Italy was there. Obviously, a lot of the Eastern Europeans. Was it France that missed it that year? I can't remember. France was out. Yeah. Um, there was a there was a decent amount of Europeans because they only
2: take a certain amount from each region, right? Mm -hmm. And so we were in there. We ended up upsetting uh, Croatia by three, which put us in this situation Mm -hmm. where where basically Serbia lost a game we believe on purpose in order to play us back again because they did not want they they'd beaten us since they were a country we'd never beaten them. Oh wow! And so we end up playing them in
0: the semifinals. We beat Germany to go first, which is wild too because Germany was rated really well that year. They were
2: very good. We end up.
0: Beating Serbia ten
2: to five,
0: which is unheard of. Which unheard is unheard of.
2: of to beat them. But in general, is hard enough. But to beat them ten to five, and this is one of the greatest teams ever. And then go against—they just made a movie about this team, the greatest Hungarian dynasty of all time—and go into that game tied going into the third quarter. I mean, it was it was amazing. We're in the gold medal game. The U.S., the thirteenth ranked in the world. And we're here. We just annihilated the only team that used to be able to compete with Hungary. And now we're here. And then let's not talk about the next quarter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this, this also was really exciting to me because this was fresh out of my senior year because we graduated. And that was the next Olympics that came about. So it was early in college and I was able to watch it. And it was just incredibly exhilarating. I think I was at my aunt's house and I was like, we have to turn water polo on we have to. This is the best the US has ever done in the Olympics. And it was it, it, it was just exhilarating
1: to watch. See, now this is fascinating to me because these are the stories that I love to hear. I may not be a sports watcher, but I love to hear about those moments of triumph. And it's so easy to get them in sports because it's so easy to like have those sudden comparisons. 13th out of 12 is the funniest headline <laughs> you could put on something. And then turning around and getting silver medal, like that's Incredible. I don't. I don't know a thing about Serbia, but you just told me that they're they're incredibly tough, and you beat them ten to five. I'm like, fuck yeah! Fuck <laughs> I don't know a thing, but I'm like all about it. There was um there was a boxing event that we both went to uh, recently called the creator clash and it's just a bunch of youtubers that train for a year and i'm no disparaging to their training they put in the work but it's amateur boxing but a lot of people watching have never seen boxing before they've never even heard of the idea of rooting for their team Um, but when say their favorite creator was fighting and they won and they're like oh my god i get it I get why people that watch sports watch sports. It's for those moments of triumph to root for the team that you believe in. And I think like if more people heard, it, not even just like the teaching about swimming and stuff, it's really boils down to those stories of inspiration, like you being part of the team that went that far and like made waves. I mean, made waves.
3: <laughs> I didn't mean that. Like no, I didn't we mean did. it like that.
1: But making progress in a field that no one else did the inspirational part of it that i think captures people's imaginations more
0: it is right now for me i'm like oh shit that's super cool this is why i wanted to get you in the pool (laughs) to, well, it's no, no, no. <laughs> we, we can put <laughs> you in the shallow see, end but like uh, okay. just to see all that goes into water polo because mm-hmm. part of it is obviously the exhilarating aspect of being mm-hmm. able to watch your team succeed but the other thing is understanding the amount of work that goes into a sport mm-hmm. for you to become that good so like even me when I first started I came out of football freshman year there was a lot of political stuff and then uh, Paul recruited me during spring water polo because my brother played my brother was two years older and I'm one of the bigger guys. In fact, senior year, I was one of our bigger players, which is why I played hold defense. But I was the weakest treader. I learned how to do egg beater sophomore year. The entire time, every practice, I was on the side of the pool, holding the wall, learning egg beater, practicing egg beater, doing all of that. Anytime we played, um, oh, what is it called, where you form the circle and you push against each other? I don't know, um, tread duel or whatever we called it. So um, sounds I like would lose. rugby,
2: like the water water version of the rugby scrum.
0: Yeah, so it's 1v1, <clears> and you're <throat> oh. trying to push the other person out of the circle. Uh, okay. Now, I was the weakest treader, but I was incredibly good because of wrestling to switch positions. Yes. So I would exhaust the other person. I'd still probably end up losing majority of the time, but I would exhaust them because it would take them so long to push me out because I'd keep rotating, so they had to keep pushing me around the whole circle <laughs> before they could eventually overpower me and get me out. Wow. But... I was the weakest treader on the team. I was a goalie. I could still get up, but it was all about reaction time, yeah. which I was incredibly good at from other sports, and Paul trained me by throwing the tennis balls against the wall and stuff. But, I mean, if you hadn't played water polo, do you think you would have continued down the baseball path?
2: I probably would have. You know, it, it, we're so lucky this day and age. I mean, go back to the Olympics. Like you talked about handball, I mean, man, if I was exposed to handball at an early age, mm-hmm. maybe I would have played that. Right? Um, I think the kids nowadays, there's so much more for them, so much more opportunity for them to be great in, in, in any sport out there, or just to be exposed, which is going to help them later on in life. I think for me, look, my grandfather played under Bear Bryant on the the at, at Alabama. But was drafted by the Pittsburgh Pirates to play baseball, got injured, ended up being a doctor in the in the in the army or in the in the war, and never actually played at the high level. But baseball was something that I grew up loving and knowing. And I definitely think, you know, I had my mom that was big time baseball, and my that that was my mom's grand my mom's dad, and my father who was water polo. And then eventually i just fell toward the water polo side while if i didn't have water polo i would have fallen toward the baseball side you know and i look i look back and like am i built for baseball success like definitely still not tall you know not the fastest but i don't care that's what they said to me about water polo right yeah. like you're never going to make it man you're not fast you're not big you're not as strong you're american you're never going to go play in the top clubs over there in europe because, you know, these guys are so much smarter. And it's like, actually, when I started playing, that that just fueled me even more. And I think it would have been the same in baseball. Like, if I, if I decided I, this is what I was going to do, I, I think I would have been fine. Do you, you think know? you
0: had a chip on your shoulder that really pushed you? A little bit of uh, FU energy? Still do. You Perfect. know, still do.
2: And I think... Going back to, look, to what I do now, right? I finished, I retired after the Rio Olympics. I was born in Rio. So that was a really cool Olympics. We didn't do that well. But finishing my career, everyone does two things. They leave the sport or they become a coach. Mm -hmm. That's all you really can do, right? Yeah. And I decided I'm not. I'm not leaving and I'm not becoming a coach because our sport needs a bigger vision. We need the stadium, we need the academy that we created, we need more technology, we need to help, you know, AI and video and everything to, together to get our sport, you know, popular. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've what I've done and we partnered with Maggie Stephens, who's the best women's part water polo player in the world and and we've created something special and that's with that chip on my shoulder, right? Like I love this sport. I'm not leaving it and until until it's ready to be left. Right?
0: Yeah.
1: What is this thing that you're referring to? Uh like this project?
2: Well, so essentially when we when I retired, I fl- I went around the world and basically was trying to figure out, you know, what does our sport need, right? So uh-huh. one of the first things I realized is there's talent all over the world, but kids that could maybe be D1 players, play professionally, Olympians aren't taught how to eggbeater at the right age. Right? They don't know how to go over their hips. They don't understand certain basics that in our sport, if you don't, your ceiling's so low. So I created the first water polo combine, right, which now allows anyone around the world to understand where they rank with other kids and where they're weak so that they can improve. Oh. That was the first part. Maggie Steffens, myself, which is 6-8 is our company, 6 for her number, 8 was my number, and we created that. We now have over 40,000 people who've gone through it. And now we're trying to introduce statistics. So you use statistics in a better way with these measurables, put them together, and you start to find who your better athletes are and what these athletes need both during a game and out of the water physically to improve on. And now all of a sudden we're gonna to start to be able to grow these great athletes, right? That's Gosh, cool. I wish this
0: happened ten years ago. <laughs> Cause when I was uh I actually put myself into the recruiting portal portal for water polo after uh junior year, because I was uh my first year starting, All State Honorable mentioned goalie. And the first thing they were like is like, All right, how fast is your fifty? Do you swim? And it's like I can't do a flip turn. I can do a twenty nine in the fifty fifty yard free without a flip turn, but yeah. And they're like discounting me. You got to make this fast. You got to do all this. And it's like, I'm a goalie. Why do I need to swim that? I I overpower people. And all of like my skills, I studied film, which was yeah. unheard of for water polo at the time. For is sure. I studied every single person who would shoot. I learned their tendencies. And during this time, it was the four meter for the penalty shot. And we didn't track that stat, but I still think I have the, the most block penalty shots because there were a lot of penalty shots thrown against us. And then there were games where I had 20-something blocks. Like, Well, the, the best goalies, and
2: I'll tell you a story about the goalie where I went to Croatia, one of the best goalies in the world. I go play for one of the best teams in the world. We lose twice in the Champions League final. And he he brings me over, and he goes, look, and he has all these books, right? And he goes, These four are you. Yeah. You know, usually he has like a little notebook on everyone. He goes, <laughs> These four are you. And I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, This is every shot you've ever taken on me, on that goalie, on that goalie. So he knew me so well, and that's exactly mm-hmm. the the what makes especially on the goalkeepers. As a field player, you kind of let the game roll, you still analyze. But that's what we have on our app. There's goalie specific. There's all these videos for them to improve. There's videos for them to see, you know, where they're weak and how for them to be better in a game, get more blocks get more steals. And it just means you got to do it yourself. But now we're allowing kids from Ohio to say, hey, I'm going to get on this and I'm going to be I can be an Olympian because if I have these, I'll be fine. As long as I have heart and work hard. That's yeah. so
1: fascinating to me because I would never have known that there was that much detail that goes into like planning for a match. I, I The only closest thing I would possibly know is I know in chess... Like, they study games that have been played before. But I thought that was just because chess is a mental game. I didn't realize that people in... Do they do that in other sports, too? Oh, absolutely. I know football, probably they look at...
0: Football does soccer. Pretty much any sport, even individual sports, where you're actually facing off against each other and fencing, they study each other's body movements and mechanics. In baseball, in particular, they study the pitcher because if you see one thing where they do, like, they tilt their gloves slightly when they're throwing this Uh. pitch... Anything that gives you a tell or gives you an idea of where they're throwing, I learned that three players uh, that we were playing in state, anytime they shot the ball, they would not look at the goal. When they were looking at the goal, I knew they would pass. But if they weren't looking at the goal, they were a threat to be shooting because that was the, they thought that was tricking me. Uh, but because they did that every time, I knew when I could adjust and plan to rotate as opposed to be ready to block a shot. That's right. Um,
2: yeah. and, and water polo, for example... The first thing I would do before every game, uh, th- eventually we had video, so we knew, but like in high school and college when you didn't really have some of the video back in, you know, pre two thousand eight era, and I would sit there and look and I'd watch the first two shots of a goalkeeper. If the goalie had a lot of white water, like splashing, that meant that they were using their hands a lot, which meant that they were jump they would jump if you got a good fake in. so i knew okay i'm just going to get one good fake he's going to jump and then i'm going to be able to beat him high right a goalie that you can see they're narrow like this means their hands are really deep so it's going to take them a longer time to get over their head so immediately i knew go over the head the it, five hole. that's right and even even if i i don't you know i i do help our goalkeepers and and, and i can coach goalies but the easiest thing to t- tell us is, is a field player I call it one pump chumps or one, two, buckle my shoe. They all do the same thing. One pump, get up, shoot. One, two, buckle my shoe, get up, shoot. All of them. And they all get up before they shoot or they do some spin, something. And I could sit there behind and I'm a terrible goalkeeper. Terrible. Really. One of the worst. But I'll go in. And I block these guys over and over, and they're like, How do you block me? I'm like, Because you're idiots. I have told you. <laughs> you Just have to stop so doing tell. that. You have to, oh, he's shooting here. Oh, he's shooting here. It's easy. Uh-huh. It's the same
0: thing in football. Uh, quarterbacks will tap the ball, uh-huh. and they have to train them not to do that because then you know when they're throwing. So the defensive linemen know when to get their hands up and knock the pass down. Uh-huh. Every, like, you don't recognize it because we are creatures of habit. We will have certain things we do when we're going to do certain perspectives. Your one one, two fake. There was one guy I played against, um, I think he was on Upper Arlington. He, if he pumped twice, would go to my left. If he pumped once, he would go to my right. Yep. There was not a single game where I wasn't playing that I wasn't watching who we were playing next. The Ohio Cup, whether it was up in Michigan when we started the year, even as when I was playing whole D, I learned that because I had my buddy Lorenzo who was a foreign exchange student from Italy in goal and they moved me to field. And so I would be able to read what they were going to do and also it would communicate with uh, Lorenzo. And, be, and basically, before every game, I would talk him through the players that I already knew the tendencies of. And then at the same time, I'm gonna, I would tell him, like, all right, if this guy has the ball, I'm going to lean to the right more so that you can cover the left side of the goal. That way, I'm out of your way for if he shoots this way because he shoots here this higher percentage of the time than this way. And I know I'll be able to block it with my right hand going on this side.
2: This is why I tell why I love <clears throat> water polo so much. Because, look, you know, I have respect for all the individual, all, all sports, all athletes, all, you know, feats of life. But in water polo, you are playing one of the hardest sports in the world. I believe the hardest sport in the world because you have to swim, you have to do legs, you have to do hours of gym, you have to shoot, you have a guy drowning you all while you're doing that. But the biggest thing about all this, we're in the water and you're still having to play chess it's always two steps ahead and this is this is why like my teaching we start with the fundamentals but if i can help you understand and react you'll be great because it's easy when a player right now they look and make a decision that's too late you need to look and understand everything else that you need to do to do that it takes so much studying it takes your You're just giving yourself to the sport. It takes repetition, which is why California, for example, is stronger than outside of California in a lot because they're playing tougher competition and more and more competition. Mm -hmm. But I don't believe that a kid outside can't be better. And I think a lot of time we're seeing those kids are better because they haven't had that competition and they're just as good, right? But I think as a country, where are we behind the Europeans, let's say, mm-hmm. is that we don't watch water polo as much. Yep, We'll get in and we'll play. And there's kids in California that I bet have played twice as many games as everyone in Hungary and serving in Croatia, yet they'll go and lose by 20. Why is that?
0: They because don't
2: they don't watch. They're not as smart. And if you look in basketball, I guarantee any basketball player who's going to be in the NBA that has a television is watching the playoffs. Mm-hmm. right? But in water polo, if there is water polo, they don't watch it.
0: On uh, top of that, um, there's the, the fundamental of uh, kind of like you get to a point to where you're dominant and it's like, why do I need to put in more effort? I can beat anybody I get in the pool with. And so you're not continuing to rise and continuing to prove your level unless you have the chip on your shoulder, which I, I had coming into water polo from a different sport being like, I, I'm the worst swimmer on the team. I'm the worst treader on the team. How can I put myself in a position to be successful? And that was the mental game, entirely studying and anticipating. And so like it's one of those things that if you compete even at the highest level in the United States, you're not rising even higher because you're already dominating. But you're dominating against competition that isn't as great as you would over in Croatia or Serbia or places over there. I blanked out a long, I was so lost. I, I, I was
1: thinking was like, a paragraph ago, I was just like, oh, I'm trying, <laughs> I'm trying, California's good, they don't play as many games, Serbia sucks. That's all I remember. <laughs> Wait, Serbia be, doesn't serve Serbia <laughs> Serbia's great, and then America's better. That's what I learned. Uh, no, I, all this really like boils down to is like, uh, I'm so curious. I know water polo is your passion, do you still enjoy it? Like at this level, when you've gotten this far, when you've done it for this long, when you've gone to the Olympics multiple times, do you still enjoy it as much? Is it still fun? Like, can you still relax with it? Or do you have another hobby that you relax with?
2: No, I love it. Okay. All right. Easy answer. <laughs> I love one. it. You know, and I love teaching the kids. I love, you know, all, all the Academy stuff. I love watching it. I could sit there and watch it. I, I love getting in. I don't, but I don't want to play ever again. Oh, really? Yeah. And it's just, there's there's one, and I, and I don't want to look bad, you know, talk bad on, on refs per se, right? But water polo is very subject to a referee's call, mm-hmm. which makes sense, right? It's two individuals that clearly think different, that have totally different backgrounds and are going to make a decision based on what they believe, mm-hmm. right? Problem is, let's fast forward to me going playing now masters or older. And it's like, well, that's Tony. He should be fine. And then the, the, the players I play against are like, Ooh, I want to prove myself against Tony. Uh,
3: So I I, I might've
2: played three games when I was, when I was officially done playing. And that's the only thing I disliked. And I really, I, one of the reasons I stopped playing, I, I wanted to come home, be a dad, be home with, you know, with my kids. But It was really got to be frustrating where it was always like, yeah, I should be better than everyone else instead of like, no, man, I gave my time. That guy shouldn't touch me, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like my mind. And I
0: I also think, too, um, reputation plays a huge role because there's it's not like football where you have so many different players. But even then that reputation plays a role in how a ref calls something. So, like and there's so many few officials in the United States in particular that you, you develop a personal relationship with it. So they know you, they know if you like gave them a mean look after they made a call that you didn't agree with, or, or they see you and they're like, Oh yeah, you're the best. I'll let the other person play longer because they anticipate that you'll do more. So it's like in a way, Without realizing that there's some bias that can occur, especially in officiating, because these guys see the same players over and over and over again. And there was one particular ref in high school who drove me up a wall. Absolutely. And um, luckily, somehow we managed to win state with him officiating, but he was oh, oh. We did not like him. We did not like how he called the game but luckily the other official that was with him for the state championship was our favorite one because we felt like he knew the rule book the best so you balanced it so out so it balanced it out but it was one of those things where it was just like almost every time we had that official it felt like there was a bias against us
2: and i i think look it, for for people watching it for the first time i think that's the two things that are confusing because it's not that difficult right i mean it's i think it's more like basketball transition center right you're all go- you're 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 moving together to try to get that goal it has that soccer feeling to it it's a lot of whistles though but the whistles are confusing mm-hmm. the whistles and, and whistles is just a foul which means nothing in water polo there's a million of them mm-hmm. so i think that's the first thing that a fan looks at and it's like i don't understand until you get by and realize the whistles just gives them two seconds or three seconds to pass the ball that it doesn't mean anything And then the other one is, okay, you finally understand the rules, and then a referee calls something or doesn't call something, and that's when you as a fan are like, now I'm really confused. Because you told me on the podcast that if they grab their head, it's an exclusion, Mm -hmm. and he just did that, and they didn't call it, right? And that's where we have to do a better job in in our sport, but also that's where we have to understand these are two different individuals, one may be more inclined to allow head grabbing. <laughs> oh, I see. That's a bad example, I think, but one may be more inclined to allow you to play harder while one
0: will kick you out if you touch the player. Which is also a thing in football, like leniency on pass interference versus not.
1: Are the refs in the water?
0: No. No.
1: Is one in the water, one out? No.
0: Well, then what do they know? They're not even swimming. I, I mean, agree. if you want me to badmouth
1: anyone, I don't have any skin in the game. I'll, I'll, I'll smear their name all over the internet. I don't care.
0: <laughs> I mean, he, he brought up a great point when we were doing the primers. Like, is there a scuba ref underneath the water? And I feel like that would be an interesting thing if there was actually a scuba official under the water who could just like radio up that, like, well then this you're going to get like pulling. halfway
1: through a game. It's like, hey, where's that other ref? <laughs> <Okay>. Uh oh. Oh, no. <laughs> His tank got tangled. You remember that dirty player? <laughs>
2: <laughs> he swam
1: down. He went right it. down, pulled it off, and now that guy.
2: <laughs> oh, but, geez. but imagine how hard it would be. I mean, obviously, that's why underwater cameras would be really fun and interesting for the game. But imagine how much. First off, you have six players. Against, so there's 12 players fighting each other. Yeah. So how you almost have to have one per player. And then they're sprinting. At a level of, on average, these these guys swim, you know, you said a 29 in the 50, which is a good example. They swim probably in 19, 20 seconds in a 50. So they are so fast. So they are getting to the other side of the pool like a normal human jogging. So these scuba divers would have to whoop, fly on their fins. <laughs> the <with> torpedoes, <laughs> torpedo
0: to the other side, get the film, fly back. Like their oxygen tanks would be done. Oh, <laughs> Maybe we yeah. just make we just put it at a glass floor, and they're all standing underneath, looking up through the glass. I like that. <laughs>
1: you, know, uh, you know, this all just reminds me of. I totally forgot about this sport. It's not a real sport. It was in a video game, but there was this game called Final Fantasy X. Do you either you know what I'm getting at. I, I know what you're getting so at. So there's a game in that game called Blitzball, which I just realized is water polo. But in this fictional world, it's a sphere of water and they hold their breath for like 30 minutes. It's totally impossible. But I loved playing that game in that game it's a game in a game and it's so hard to describe but it's a sports game inside of a battle rpg doesn't make any sense at all but that was my favorite part of the game is like this water polo if there was a way to get like compact scuba gear (laughs) and have a completely submerged version of water polo would you be interested in that at all anything that has water
2: polo attached to it i would Mm -hmm. but see now this is telling me that there is this deep down desire in you that only came out through gaming Uh that you truly actually your body your your mind is telling you you want to be
1: underwater kind of it is safe way (laughs) maybe (laughs) I need to stress, it was a fictional world. I can't hold my... <laughs> but if, if I, I'm not thinking of it like if it was something where you had air tanks, it could be cool because then you'd have to regulate your air consumption and you got to go get an air tank change. You got to not die. There's a little bit of danger in there. I'm like, oh, I would watch that. I, I like it. I just, again, I, I always go back.
2: There's never been a team I played with against... That didn't have that one player.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Gotta rip your line.
2: <laughs> you're gonna. Ha- you always <laughs> assume you're gonna have that one player.
0: I mean, yeah. do you think there's a a market for a water polo video game? There's the NCAA football that eventually went away. We obviously have Madden. We have Two K for NBA. We have MLB The Show for baseball. Like, do you think that's a huge way that water polo could break through to become more knowledgeable? Absolutely. So one of the things.
2: That our company has done so, the statistics, right, and the power, and what, and that physical power in the water, and what that's done is help create kind of you know when you played was it Mortal Kombat or whatever you had a an, a an, uh, a feature or, or an uh, what do they call it an avatar? Oh yeah, and then it'd be like speed ten, strength four, you know, but uh-huh. like but you would be able to like no i want the 10 because i don't i want speed in this one or i want the super smart guy who's yeah. maybe a little well we can start to do that now and mm-hmm. i think that would help when you can do a usa versus you know, uh, hungry, you can say, well, they're strong here. They're strong here. Or pick your own athletes, which I think would be more exciting mm-hmm. for the athletes themselves. And you can pick your power because not a team with all speeds going to win. Nope. Not a team with all strengths going to win, right? So pick your balance and then let the game find itself. I definitely think there's the fun thing about water polo is no one done anything and is doing anything. Like we're doing virtual reality right now. Mm-hmm. So kids get in the goggles and they they're in the game. And I'm like, what are you looking at? They're like, here, here. And I'm like, wrong, wrong. You should be looking there. What are you doing? <laughs> Look there. But it's helping them because you tell them and they're so tired and the sun and they're in the water. They think they know. And now they're in these goggles and an air conditioned chair. And they're like, oh, okay, so that's what you meant. Okay, I should be looking there. And then that's getting that repetition we talked about. Those mental reps.
1: You yeah. know what would be cool is... Do you watch much anime? No. There's a whole subgenre of anime, which is Japanese animation, of sports anime, where there's entire shows dedicated to very uh, specific sports. There's swimming anime, there's tennis anime, there's baseball anime because baseball is huge in Japan. I wonder if there is a water polo anime, and I bet if there isn't, that is actually a very accessible way to bring uh, water polo to like the entertainment like sphere and getting more people interested in watching um it's a hyper dramatized like it's way excessive get ready for fireballs like on these water (laughs) poles if that was ever happened is are you looking up i'm
0: trying to but somehow i disconnected from the wi-fi and it's not appearing. but i
1: don't think that there is and i think like that could be an avenue to approach i love that and and japan has just come on the scene
2: they invested in their water pole program in tokyo they, in my opinion, had the, been the most innovative team in the world. They created this new style of defense that's high risk, high reward. And I do feel like I've seen anime water polo players, but I don't know if there's an actual. You got a show?
0: I do. What do we got? It's called Remain Re Dash Main M A I N. Apparently, it's just started in 2021 Ooh. in its first season. Um, but it is a water polo anime. It's, yeah. What's Two. the rating? Uh 7.2 out of 10 on my anime list, 4.7 out of 5 for Crunchyroll and 7.2 out of 10 on oh, IMDb. Good. I like Crunchyroll's rating. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now that's a judge I can get behind.
1: I've got that biased other one, whatever the name is.
0: Hey, that's where most people watch their anime, especially in the US. So. Yeah, if
1: we get sponsored by them, we'll watch our anime there too. <laughs>
0: the other thing too that's been so interesting to me in water polo I feel like it's the one sport where the rules have changed so much like in a short amount of time since I played when I first started there was still the seven meter then by my senior year it switched to just the the five meter line now it's moved to the five meter as the penalty marker but now it's the six meter line and then they're adding a goal area like is that do you think that's possibly part of the problem why it makes it hard for people to get in because it's like once you learn the rules then all of a sudden it changes
2: a hundred percent i've been one that then again when they create these rules some are cool except i know how the rules are made it's a couple guys on a at a, at a lunch in eastern europe with bottles of wine and they go hey i think this is how it should be oh, and no. that's how it changes instead of like who i tell me that water polo needs to be less violent more violent and prove it to me show me on a uh you know 20 water polo games when there's a hit were there people louder or were they not right when when there wasn't it was a clean game but close game like show me show me the stats that tell me that i we should change the sport to this direction right and it's none we don't use that and that's my problem like i'm all for changing rules now they're they're adding They're adding all these rules of football and basketball. You know why? Mm Because the fans are pissed. Yeah, They're pissed. It's not fair that that guy scored a touchdown. You didn't call it a touchdown. And we have the technology to say, that was a touchdown. Mm -hmm. So let's change it. Water polo is not like that. It's You don't listen to the fans. You don't listen to the players. You don't listen to coaches. It's a couple people that are making decisions. And they make them so often that by the time we in the U.S., Australia, everyone outside of Europe catches up they change it again, mm-hmm. right? There has never been, besides our the US, there's never been in the history of water polo, the modern era, anyone outside of Europe winning a gold medal on the men's side. Nobody. But the women's side has. The women's side has, because the women started in 2000. Mm-hmm. And in 2000, women played with the men. So I remember my first bloody nose came from one of the greatest American water polo players <laughs> of all time. When I was thirteen years old, just boom right to the nose. Did but, she rear up and punch you, or no? It was, she was <laughs> she was good. She was just like a quick elbow. And I like, what
0: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, that's that's something that uh, I will always say is for whatever reason. Every time I've hopped in the pool with with women's players and even coaching them, for whatever reason, they are more violent than the men's way. Oh, my God. I watched a college game my brother played at Purdue, the club team. One of the games, one of the players in the middle of the game just reared up and punched out a girl mid-pool. And, like, I'm sitting here, like, usually people are like, well, the women, you know, they're they're lesser. I'm like, there's no way. For one, having played against them, had, like, played, wh- like, physically against women in co-ed water polo and other stuff. There are women out there that would absolutely dominate men in particular sports. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it's that's that's the greatest thing I think in water polo. I like in pickleball, I enjoy watching women's more than men's because of the way that they play is more of a chess match, whereas men's is just hit it as hard as you possibly can. That's right. And so like, and you see in the in women's water polo, like the amount of churning and the stuff that they do is so different. So much so that when I when we played uh, the men's team versus the girls team, we'd goalies and it drove me nuts that they weren't playing defense the way that I wanted them to. And there were far more shots on goal that I couldn't anticipate because I expected them to press up and then slough here, or do that. But um, when I played against women shooting, they had this style of shooting that threw me completely off. I thought <laughs> they were going right. And then they'd flick their wrist and it'd go left. I'm like, what is this? And it's just so interesting, the difference in play and the physicality difference that I've seen between men's and women's water polo. And then seeing here in the women's, like only recently kind of started up particularly in the US and the Olympics, yeah. and they've been dominant. Yes. I mean, they've, it was first introduced in the 2000 Olympics, my first
2: Olympics, and then they won um, bronze and I think silver and silver, and then finally... This coach, Adam Kerkorian, who's the new head coach, took over and they have won gold ever since. That being said, the Europeans are catching up. Yeah. Right? Because there was only six teams, really. Australia, Canada, U.S. were the more dominant ones because, you know, they they had women playing men with men at a young age while Europe wasn't, especially some of these Eastern Europeans. And now Russia... Now you know slowly Serbia, Croatia are getting team. Hungary's amazing. Spain, Spain yep. might be our biggest competition this next Olympics. They looked Italy, really good last year, so very good. So with time, if we don't fix our innate problems that we have, eventually that pool will be just as big, and we're still going to be catching up, right? Because yeah. physically, you know, passion, everything. I I believe we're better than all of them, mm-hmm. but are we smarter? And all of them, were not, we're yeah. not, right? And eventually you're going to start to see that. So we need to start fixing that problem now, right?
1: Do you feel a sense of responsibility now that you're not playing anymore, like to continue this reaching for greatness in terms of the American players? Um, because it seems like, you know, there's no league, there's no stadiums or anything right here. It seems like everyone is trying to, well, not trying to, but uh, all these other sports are trying to like stay in the limelight and stuff like that. So it's like, it's not, actively pushing out but do you feel this responsibility to nurture this love for the sport in the next generation of players
2: I do I do because I, I I look back at my career and and I didn't accomplish the one thing I really wanted to accomplish right like I my career I had a very wonderful career I was able to get sponsorships I was able to play professional when when there was the salaries are great you know I was able to do what I did at Stanford and get a full ride over there I didn't win a gold medal right and that would have changed a lot, right? Being the only country ever outside of Europe to win that gold medal, we came close. And I I, I believe until we do that, it's, it's going to continue the way it is. And we need to break through that barrier and to prove that, hey, no, we're the best. And then I think oh, everything else will start falling as well. But I'm doing it the opposite. I'm not playing anymore. Mm-hmm. So hopefully a lot of these athletes who come through our 6-8 Academy, a lot of these athletes I'm able to teach. And hopefully if I can get pull and continue with the statistics that slowly I can build the sport to maybe have a professional league. And now the exposure is a lot more and we can start to get smarter and start to win
0: that gold medal. Mm-hmm. So talking about your your history and your your life as it's led up to where you are now, if you were to make a movie, perhaps like a biopic or something like that, who would you like to play you in that movie? Mm. This was a, this was an audience question.
1: Oh, I see. I see. I see.
0: Interesting. Well, you know,
2: you gotta, you gotta think, you know, there's a lot of big guys I'd love to have out there, but I'm just not a big guy. Um, you you like the Rock?
0: You want the Rock? (laughs) Oh man, (laughs) I
2: want. Who's who's the guy? The guy, Australian guy from Aquaman. Oh, you know, like Jason. Jason Oh, the guy. Come on, just give me that guy. Right right
1: now, you got some Bradley Cooper vibes. I could, I could feel
2: (laughs) that. I could feel that. So Bradley Cooper, I get, I get the most, hundred percent. And I get that. I I got stopped in an airport. Can I take a picture with you? And there was like two of them. I was like, what's awesome you know waterfall is getting so popular
0: <laughs> <laughs> they thought i was bradley cooper <laughs> hey at least you're getting recognized i know tony hawk doesn't he people are like i don't believe you you're not tony hawk so <laughs> exactly uh, so uh you know i would say actually bradley cooper
2: i'm, I'm a big brad brad pitt guy okay uh, I so see i'd that say too. between those two i would you know if i could choose anyone let me choose those two
0: mm-hmm. all right fair fair okay, cool. one last question uh if you know you watch sports you have your favorite team your you masters with the ohio squirrels and everything all right but you can't pick any team you're a part of what is your favorite team to root on and cheer for since our name is go my favorite sports team who is your favorite sports team in or any person? sport in any sport yeah it might be water polo but any sport can't be ones that you coach or anything so the rams okay Los Angeles Rams?
2: Yeah, look, I'm a Laker fan my whole life. Um, Lakers right now in the playoffs. Go Lakers. We watch them tonight. But, the, you know, I would say growing up, the Lakers and the Rams are two that that, that just have stuck with me. I mean, Magic Johnson back in the day and, and Kobe Bryant. I would actually change from the Rams to the Lakers. Uh, because, you know, I, I know so much more history about the Lakers. But I think just sitting down and watching them, it's just that I've become such more of a football fan now. I love football. And the Rams are that now pretty good. You know, we won a Super Bowl a little bit ago.
1: Well, we don't. No, we
0: don't want to talk about that. <laughs> we're, that. Uh, we're both from Cincinnati. <laughs> but, you know,
1: it's so funny. We started this podcast, and, like, Cincinnati, my hometown, too, was uh, in the Super Bowl. And Ty was like, you watched the game, right? And I went uh i was on a I plane i was on a plane. <laughs> I'm like they have live tv <laughs> that's right but i still felt it i felt it i, I, I think it was a close game
3: it was it okay,
0: was good. um but also you had been in cincinnati so you got to experience something identical there was
1: time. a lot of pride so. in cincinnati because they hadn't been even to the super bowl in
0: since 1989 yeah literally a few a days that was before the last ball.
1: time they were even like won a game that
0: was playoffs. burrow's first year right yeah Uh, second year because we got injured in the first year never
1: mind I didn't I knew that I knew all that. Yeah, judgment. So much judgment. Right uh, now. Well, anyway, thank you so much for <laughs> <doing>
3: <laughs> us on this lovely podcast.
1: I learned a lot. I did learn a lot. It's really great to get these like perspectives and hear this um, humanity behind these sports. Because a lot of times when you're learning about the sport here and for mm, from me from Tyler is can be a lot about like the the statistics and the rules and stuff like that. Trying to like get the primer. But what always has captivated me is like this the spirit of the sport, the actual heart that goes into it, the work that goes into it the humanity of it. so thank you so much for bringing that perspective here it really did it illuminated a lot of why he speaks so highly of this sport and speaks so highly of you he has spoken about you many times <laughs> I, and now I have a face to know what the
0: name is yeah, yeah. Um, and for the last thing I just want to give you a platform to go ahead and shout out your socials anything you want people to follow support um, check out that you're working on obviously you have your podcast anything you want to put out there for all of our listeners and viewers
2: yeah, thank you, guys. It's, it's been an honor, and, and this is helping our sport. You know, for me, I at Water Polo Tony, I have Azevedo Water Polo and 6-8 Sports. Follow 6-8 Sports.com, at 6-8 Sports and on Instagram, and, um, you know, we're really trying to revolutionize this sport. And between our academy and the statistics that we're doing— and just in general of the athletes and olympians we have giving back to the sport it's it's exciting and i do believe one day we'll have our own stadium and we'll have our own professional league and water polo will be one of the bigger sports out there and i I do believe that and i have a chip on my shoulder so i won't stop until it's done so thank you guys
0: again absolutely i'm excited for that moment um but yeah this has been a great conversation, and I really enjoyed having you on. And hopefully, uh, it won't be the only time. If it if I mean yeah, he's
1: got that. he's got these ideas to get me in the pool yeah. learning water polo. <laughs> so if you're around at some time, and I uh, am not incredibly busy, whatever that day that we're going to schedule it for, <laughs> which I think I will be, but uh, maybe someday in the future uh, I can yes. learn how to. We'll, we'll bring um, you guys can bring Maggie, and talk about
2: how much meaner they are than we
0: are. Oh, yeah. I would I would absolutely 100% be down for that. What? Um, you were just telling me about how the league was bunching people directly in yeah, the Yeah, you know, it's fine. Uh, it's fine. We're not yeah. in the pool. We're not competing. It's not. It's fine. You're okay. safe. This is safe space. Do you think we could get mics in the pool? Oh, they make waterproof mics. Yeah. Cool. Then we could be in the pool and yeah. do an episode trading water the whole time. <laughs> anyway, uh <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening. I would love, I'm both terrified to see how well I do in your little combine, but also would love to see where I'm at now. But uh, that's for another time. What <laughs> but, a, way, a way to talk down about it, in your little combine. <laughs> no, it's no,
1: no, no, you I want, I'd love to see how well I do. not little,
0: it's
2: a
1: big deal. I got deal. cannons for arms. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't know if you're hurt. And one of the first Master scenes
2: to do it was the squirrels. Yep. I took it to Master and they loved it. Radar gun. Yeah. See that
0: rocket arm of yours? You know it. I've hit you with dodgeballs. That didn't hurt that bad. <laughs> 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 anyway, follow the podcast if you want to see it on video, which if you're not already here, go to Spotify. We're exclusive video on Spotify. And definitely go out, uh, check out Water Polo and follow Tony in all the places and check out his podcast.
1: 6-8. What was the website again?
0: 6-8sports.com. 6-8sports.com. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much, and we'll uh, we'll see you next time. Yes. Bye. Bye.